want to thank you for the opportunity to to share the holy scriptures with you this morning. Uh, I pray that uh, my nervousness will go away. And this stuff will work. <laughs> oh, my, my. There we go. I was asking my wife to, be, to translate for me because my native language is Spanish. And when I preach in Spanish, I get really excited. And so I don't know how I'm going to do in English. So please, please bear with me. Um, so um, I want to thank you for the privilege of being part of this body. Uh, when the Lord called us to ministry back about 30 years ago, uh, my wife and I went to, into full-time ministry, and the Lord called us to Agua Viva. And we were there. Then, uh, I don't know if Dan Dyke is here, but uh, the Lord used him for, to connect us with your church. And ever since, this is our home church. Because your church has the heart of Jesus to reach out the community and reach out the world for Christ. And I wanted to be part of that. I went to many different churches all around the United States to raise money for us to be in full-time ministry. And uh, there were not many churches because they didn't know who we were. But the church was the first one that started supporting us financially, praying, for our lives, not only praying, but visiting us, uh, being with us in the field. And you continue to do that right now. As I was worshiping, feeling God's presence, worshiping Him, and it's like, I'm so happy to be home. I love our church. I wanna go into the Word of God in Acts 26, uh, verse 19, you, you already probably sat there, I don't know. But I want to read uh, a, another version uh, besides the one that I have in there. Acts 26, 19, uh, King James Version says, Whereupon, O King, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Lord Jesus, uh, we pray that the Holy Spirit will minister to our hearts. You know my limitations as far as the language goes, Lord. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will take on, take on and, and, and use your word to, to speak to, to your body, speak to, to your church this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for your love and for keeping us alive today, for giving us the privilege to worship you. Here we are. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So in this chapter, I just heard Pastor was sharing with me that you guys just finished the book of Acts. And it's like, before even I got, I was getting ready to, to, to preach, I had a couple of sermons uh, that I wanted to be able to share. And I was praying and praying, and God just put them away. It's like, okay, so God directed me to for this passage. And, 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 and so I thought, I just said, okay, Lord, that's what you want. That's what we do. And so it's wonderful that you just finished Acts and you kind of will be familiar with all this uh, that I'll be sharing with you. But uh, in this uh, chapter 26, uh, the Apostle Paul starts his defense with Festo and uh, King Agrippa and Veronese. He talks to them about the marvelous experience that transform his life. And he goes on to say, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Um, the vision and the marvelous uh, results, it's amazing what happened uh, to the Apostle Paul. He saw a light, the scripture says on that, on that chapter, not just any light, a unique light, brighter than the sun. And also he hear a voice. Hmm. From infinity and beyond. That's scary. I don't know what you will do. You hear suddenly a voice that it's not me preaching. What you will do, whether the state or run out. He heard this voice. He must have been pretty scared. I don't know about you, but uh, a lot of times when you were young, when I was young, if I heard something in the dark, I would be scared to death. But coming up from heaven, from up above, a voice loud, uh, I must have been pretty scared for the Apostle Paul and the people that were going with him. So, Hearing that voice, the Apostle Paul said, uh, said uh, he asked, Who are you, Lord? And Jesus answered, I am, I am Jesus who, are, who, who you are persecuting. Wow. That got deep into his heart because he was killing all the Christians, put them, into, put them in prison. So it's like he knew about Jesus and everything, but he didn't have an encounter with him yet. This was the time. So right, right there, 
Jesus had an encounter with him. Jesus revealed his love. He revealed his glory, his crucifixion and resurrection, just like that. And Paul's heart, full of hate, trying to destroy the church, was transformed in a twinkle of an eye. This man, full of hate, full of pride, was saved and forgiven. The course of his life was completely, completely changed. Change. I'm sure many of us had that experience. Paul was on his way to Damascus. I don't know about you. Where God encountered you? Maybe a broken marriage? Maybe, who knows? But you hear that voice. And probably it was a scary voice. Oh, I don't know, maybe a loving voice. I don't know how it was for you. But I'm sure when he, when he got hold of you, he, trans, he saved you and transformed completely your life, and that's what you hear. Or maybe you're here because somebody invited you, and you want that voice to come into your heart and transform your lives too. The Apostle Paul gave his life completely to Jesus, to the heavenly vision that God called him to do. And it calls him to, to reach the cities around him, and it calls him to reach out the world for Christ. Verse 26 and 26, 20 says, first to those in Damascus, then in those in Jerusalem, and then those in uh, uh, Judea, and the Gentiles, I preach that they shall repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. And what an amazing thing. When we see broken lives and we share the gospel of Jesus Christ to them, and you see their lives completely torn around, and their deeds are amazing. I remember that first time. I couldn't speak without cussing. Always cussing. And God came to my life, and from that night at a church, came out, and my life was completely turned around. Speaking about the sweet words of Jesus, the love of Jesus. And it's like the people at my work, they thought that I was crazy. It's like, what happened to you? They told me, don't study, the, don't read the Bible that much because it's, it's going to make you go crazy. And so I said, if, 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 if knowing God and loving with all my heart and loving people is making me crazy, I want more of that. It was amazing how God changed my life from one day to another. 
And I'm sure it happened the same thing to you. Probably bad habits we had in our life, and God's just throwing it. And then when people see you, really? Are you one of those? It's amazing what God does. The Apostle Paul served God with all his heart. He served the Lord's vision, heavenly vision, for more than 30 years. He went through a lot. I mean, when you read the books of Acts, it's like, wow, book, the book of Romans. And you, you go, wow, everything that he suffered, it's like, wow. And sometimes we just kind of, you know, complain of this and that, little aches and stuff. But what he suffered for Jesus, it's just compared to the little sufferings that we have, it's nothing. He really suffered. And what I love about the Apostle Paul is that he served God with sacrifice. He was a living sacrifice for God. Um, when it was time for him to die for Jesus, he went happy, very happy. First, uh, Second Timothy, verse uh, uh, chapter four, verse six and seven. He sang this song before he went to Jesus, before he went to. Be sacrificed for the sake of God. It says, For I am ready, being poured out like a drink of offering, and the time for the, my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. The Apostle Paul finished the heavenly, the heavenly vision very well. I love the song that it says, It is well with my soul. It's a beautiful song. But it's more beautiful when, when it's lived out. It's an amazing thing. So, he lived a living sacrifice of service for our Lord Jesus Christ. Others received a heavenly vision besides the Apostle Paul and have been and were very obedient to the heavenly vision. For example, Moses saw the celestial city and he regarded its grace for the sake of Christ of the greater value and treasures of Egypt. Because he looked ahead for the reward. You know, we are waiting for that. No matter what happens to us, if they call us hallelujah, they call us this, or they call us whatever they want to call us, radical, crazy, you know, we have a heavenly city waiting for us. We're looking forward for that. Many of us, are, many, many of our families already are with Jesus. 
they went before us. And if you go before me, please tell Jesus, I'm going to continue this, this vision that he called me to do. I'm going to get that. And if I go before you, then I'll tell them, I'll tell him that you are continuing pressing on, fulfilling the vision that, that he calls you to do. Isaiah, he saw the Lord and his holiness. When you go to, uh, to chapter 6 of Isaiah, verse 1 to 7, it, it, it gives a description that he saw the holiness, the power, the glory. And he, loved, he, he, he lived out his life for the glory of God. You know, the Bible talks about the hard ministry that he was going to have. When he was calling to someone to go and preach for him, he couldn't find anybody. And Isaiah goes, here am I, Lord, I'll go. And he says, okay, good, Isaiah, that you're going. But you know what? They will not listen. They will not see. They will not obey. And so, here am I, Lord. For 60 years, he preached about the love of God. He preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to come and everything, and he did not have no results. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to do something and then tell me nothing's going to happen in 60 years, I'll think, I, I'll think I twice. I'll think twice. I'll be crazy. You know, I'll tell you a little story really quick. Uh, starting the min, uh, sports ministry, we were like probably six years into the sports ministry outreach, and we didn't see no results. And my wife goes, Pablo, I think we need to evaluate, and we probably need to stop this thing because nothing's happening. And I just like, okay, well, let's pray about it. Let's see what God has to say. And the following year, people started to receive God in their hearts. Uh, life, God was starting to work in their marriages. God started to move. And we started to see the fruit. And now, it hasn't stopped. The Lord continues to reach the youth that play sports. Some of, a lot of them, they go into different churches. I don't care if they go to our church. I, call, I ask them to come to our church and invite them to come to our church. But I know they go to all different churches, and I'm so happy and excited for them. In the beginning, they didn't want anything. Now, they said, hey, pastor, can you pray that we could win this championship? Come on, you have to do a prayer. And, you talk, and we're talking about kids that they don't, you know, they're 100% Catholics. But the Lord just touches their hearts. That was seven years. Sixty years, whew, that's tough. But you know what? God has given us a vision, whatever it takes. And we could see many stories, Ezekiel, Daniel, John the Baptist, Stephen. You know, there were many martyrs that, uh, that died fulfilling the, vision, the heavenly vision that God calls them to do. 
But let's talk about you and me today. God has given you and I a heavenly vision. Every believer has been given a vision. And we have been given the vision, first of all, of the love of Jesus. How much love he has for you and me. He died to save us. And live in sacrifice. And he's given us the hope of his second coming. The hope that he's going to be sharing in a marvelous glory with all of us. I don't know how many of you are looking forward to that. But I look forward for that every single day. Whatever the Lord wants to take me up. I know there's a lot of work to do. The Apostle Paul said, hey, Lord, I want to go with you, but there's so much work to do. There's so much to do. And my question to you, knowing all this, can we say, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision? Can we honestly say that? asking you this question as we were driving up in the freeway there was a, a man with a big white uh, cardboard is that how you call it? yeah and it said Jesus is the way Jesus is the true and the life he was like maybe 70 years old and he was on top of the bridge on the freeway Almost when I, it's almost close to here to Orange. And he was right there. He had it up there. And so I saw that and I saw it and as close as we get. And I, I went like that and he waved and it was beautiful. God gave him a vision. You got to share the vision. You got to share the truth. That I am the way, that I am the life. And I love that. You know, it's never too late. There's not a certain aid to follow God's vision to do His will in our lives. The congregation has been given a vision, a celestial vision to reach out the community right here in town, the city, the state. And the nations for Christ, which is tough is doing. And we are part of that. It was wonderful to go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in India. When you're sharing about Jesus, they go, who Jesus is? You know, when they have thousands and thousands of gods, and you talk to them about Jesus, I don't know who Jesus is. He's the creator of everything. Oh, really? Yes. God has given the church a vision to fulfill here and there. For you and me to be obedient. Pastor and the leadership are here. God placed them in here. 
to take on the vision that he wanted for this church. And they're here. All you need to do is say, here am I. What do you want me to do, Lord? Talk to the pastor. Talk to the leadership. You know, God has gifted you with talents, with gifts. Martha plays the violin, and you know, that's a beautiful talent. Everywhere she goes, they ask her to play, and I love that. You know, God has given us a lot of talents to be used for him. Say, Lord, here am I. What I are to be involved in the vision of death. Because God has placed a vision here. You just have to go under it and let the Spirit lead and guide you to the leadership that is here. I'll tell you a quick, uh, a quick experience of one of the people that came to our church. They came and they were uh, excited to come to our church. And they wanted to serve. They wanted to serve and this, 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 everything. And so he said, hey, calm down. Let's just see. Let's see. Just, just sit and relax and, and then see what the Lord is going to lead. But first, they wanted to, you know, well, I want to be the music director. I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to and wanna be and want to be. Well, what the Lord wants you to be under the leadership that God has placed. Um, a lot of people ask me, why do you work so well with your pastor? I said, because I'm under his leadership. He says, well, a lot of people work and they just split up because uh, they don't get you know, together. And I'm like, and I said, well, if I wanted to leave the church, God had to place me there first. But he put the pastor. He's the leader. He's the one that God gave him the vision. So I'm there to support the vision that God put in the church. That's what I get along because I'm not going to take the vision that God has given them. No. We need to submit and let God work in our lives and our hearts to transform us and do what God wants us to do in the body of Christ right there. So there's many ways you can serve. You go serve, helping teach in Sunday school, helping the kids with the Awana program, helping uh, the elderly, going to do ministry with the elderly, going to the prison, I mean, ministry. You could help uh, in short-term missions. You, you could be involved in so many things that God has gifted you with many talents for you to be able to serve the vision that God has placed here at Taft. Please let the Lord use you. Don't be a stumbling block and say, I don't like this, I don't like that. I don't like... No. Oh, let the Holy Spirit work in your life. And he will use you mightily. I want to finish with this. Jesus said in John 15, 14, you are my friends if you do what I have commanded.
if I command what I command you. You are my friends if you do what I command. What a friend. What a wonderful friend. He's not going to put us to do what is not right. He's going to put us to do what is right. Our friend and Savior Jesus Christ, He is our Savior and He's our Master. And all of us have received a vision. The vision has to fit in whatever God places. Because God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't. And you're going to be the happiest, happiest member of the church ever because you're feeding into God's vision of how he, what he wants you, wants you to do. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this time. We pray that you forgive us if we have not following and doing what you called us to do, to fulfill the heavenly vision Lord, we pray that you help us to reconsider and do an auto exam what have been doing wrong and what we could do right. Help us to regain the vision and fulfill it and finish the vision well like the Apostle Paul did that we could be completely obedient to you in every step of the way. We praise you and thank you, Jesus, that even though if we have felt you don't condemn us, your grace is abundant, and, and we just praise you and thank you, Lord. Help us to live every step of the way for your glory, that we could fulfill the vision, whether it's across the street, in our work, in our school, anywhere we are, they will continue to reach out people for you. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.